You're listening to Green Wave Radio. 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 In among the hills of Morris, near the sky so blue, stands our noble alma mater, glorious to you. Alamada has grown close to my heart. As part of the choir, the first thing we do is memorize the alma mater. Before every choir concert, we would sing the alma mater as the first song. This song represents Dalburton almost perfectly, and yet, people don't know much about it. And that is what led me to attempt to find the origins of this song. When I first started this whole process, the first person who I thought would know the most about this was... Uh, David Blazier. I'm the Performing Arts Department Chair here. I've been here 15 years. And the answer to who wrote the alma mater is certainly no one at Del Barton. Uh, now or before. It's actually a song that a lot of colleges and schools have used, and we all rip it off of Cornell University. So the original, as far as I know, is called High Above Cayuga's Waters. So that's the tune, and then lots of places have taken it and used it. So they just change the words and make it appropriate for their school. So Cornell's not a bad person to emulate, or a bad institution to emulate, so that's where it came from. I don't know whose idea it was at first to use it, but it predated me. When I came 15 years ago, there was a piece of paper that said, Del Barton School Alma Mater, and I recognized, okay, that's Cornell University's alma mater. Uh, I know that we only sing one verse of the alma mater, and i just curious, you know, why is that? I think a lot of songs do that where you really just do the first verses of things. Think of the Star Spangled Banner. There's more than one verse. We, yeah, we tend to only sing the first verse. Um, maybe a graduation or some other events, but depends, I guess, on the situation. You know how the choir has a copy of the... Uh, of the alma mater, and on the top right it says, Rearranged by Mr. Blazier. Could, could you tell me about that? Arranged by. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the name, yeah, it appears on that mainly because I found a piece of paper with the melody on it and some harmony, but not a traditional choral arrangement like we would sing. So I went and fixed some things up and reimagined it, but uh, it, it does predate me. Uh, where were you when you found uh, the little piece of paper with the alma mater on it? And uh, and can you tell me about that? Uh, we were still in Old Main at that time, and there were lots of file cabinets filled with lots of old photocopies of things, and it took a little bit of digging just to find it. Um, when I came here, the choral director before me had passed away on the job. So there wasn't anyone you could ask, and when we were hired, it was a little bit of archaeology to say, well, figure out what you should be doing, because the person that used to know all the answers passed away. Uh, so that was kind of a fun adventure. But yeah, I like it that we sing it before a concert, we sing it at graduation, maybe on a bus trip. There's just something that gives it an identity. Uh, we've got a school song, even if it came from Cornell. Um, it's nice to have that song just 
living in the school because it transcends year. It transcends junior or senior. Because even in 15 years, people are still going to have that. That we have something a little bit more timeless um, is the idea. So it's nice to have. We, we in the choir know the alma mater a lot and we know it very well, but a lot of the school doesn't. And I'm just curious why you think that is. Right, I think out of repetition, we don't do it for school masses because we have several songs. We have the school hymn, Be Thou My Vision. We've got some different things like that that the school all knows. I think from repetition, we know it better. Um, but a number of years ago, maybe with Brother Paul and with Dr. Durso, you were part of the freshman orientation where we say, here are the songs of Del Barton. As you're getting to know some of the things about identity, this is something you're going to hear. This is something you should know. So every freshman should know it a little bit. Right, they should be able to recognize it, but they'll probably only hear it at an award ceremony or at graduation. We don't tend to sing it like at football games every time we score a touchdown or at hockey games. So. But uh, this will be neat. Maybe your podcast will find a way to put it out there and get people to hear it again. After Mr. Blazer's interview, I visited the school historian, Mr. Mano, and he suggested that I talked to... Uh, my name is Father Edward Seaton Fitton. I'm the Del Barton class of 1982. I've been on the faculty since September of 1993, and for 20 years I was the Religious Studies Chairman, and at present I'm the Prior in the Monastery, which is the second-in-command. I've, I've talked to Mr. Blazer already, and he only knew up to where he when he came into the school, and I was just curious if you knew anything about him before that. Yes, a little bit. The The music is actually the Cornell University fight song, which was borrowed. I don't know if Cornell knows about it, but uh, maybe as a result of this podcast they will. The words were written by Father Arthur Mayer, who uh, is long dead now. I mean, he's been dead now for... 25 years. Uh, he was actually the younger brother of Father Kenneth Mayer. We had two brothers. We had actually, interestingly enough, two sets of brothers in the monastery who were related by marriage. Uh, but Father Arthur, from what I was told, was the one who wrote the words. When he wrote the words, my guess is early 50s, based upon when he would have been beginning to work in the school. Um, when I was at Del Barton from 78 to 82, the alma mater wasn't used. And I suspect that sometime in the 60s or 70s, early 70s, it fell into disuse. I know that it was used in the later, later part of the 50s when my father was a student here from 55 to 58. Because one day I was home many years ago humming it. And he knew what I was humming and he got very sentimental about it. So 
It was obviously used when he was here. But when I was a student here, we didn't know it at all. And then it was revived by Father Beatus, who became headmaster in 90. He was headmaster from 90 to 95. And he's the one who revived it because he was all about tradition. And he would have been a young monk um, back in the 50s and would have remembered it being used. And so it's been used now ever since. And, and you probably learned it at your freshman orientation. And, yeah. the, and I know the Scola sings it. And it will also be sung at commencement. So it's sung every year at the conclusion of commencement. We sing the national anthem at the beginning and we sing the alma mater at the end. And of course, people, even if they're the worst singers and don't like to sing in church, will sing the national anthem and the alma mater because they think, you know, they're not cool, they're not being patriotic or showing school spirit if they don't. So that they'll sing, but when we have mass, they won't sing. But they'll sing the alma mater. So I had to learn it when I was on the faculty um, when Father Beatus was headmaster because I, I didn't know it. Never heard it. Never knew we had an alma mater. Never heard it. I had no knowledge of it. So I didn't learn learn it until I started on the faculty in 93. Do you by any chance know why when you were at school they stopped singing the alma mater? I don't. I was asking um, and and I could guess that it was thought to be too old school. And in 1975, we got a new headmaster, Father Gerard, who subsequently became abbot. Um, and he's now retired from that, and he's quite elderly. But um, I could see that he, to him that would have represented a different era and that we didn't, you know, we didn't need that because he changed a lot of things in the school. Uh, so the way the school is now, with some exceptions, was kind of the way he sort of retooled the place. Uh, so I suspect it was sometime then. And I think it might have might have even had something to do with all the social upheavals, you know, from the civil rights movement. And, you know, maybe it was just thought to be, I don't know, too, uh, too bellicose or something. I don't know. Or... You know, Christian hopes our hearts to foster maybe was thought to be offensive for kids who weren't Christian or something. I don't know. Nobody seems to know why it fell into disuse, but that's probably around the time that it did. Well, um, that's it. Thank you. You're welcome. The alma mater is something that will live on past my time at Delbert and, and will be here for years to come. This song identifies the school and lets people know what we stand for. I think that having the knowledge and the story will help it live on for many, many more years. Thank you to Mr. Blasier, the Scholar Cantorum, and Father Edward for their contributions to this episode. Lately, my father has been really tired, and I asked him when his sleep deprivation started. He said that he doesn't really know. But... I know it was earlier than 15 years ago, or 2004. Thanks, and see you guys next time. Hail the Lord and the Mater, shout we-